0: hi there welcome to the tent i'm your host scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective first off i just wanted to really take a, a second once again to thank everyone in our community that's that's listening to the podcast and some of the comments and questions and just genuine nice uh, compliments we've received really mean a lot to us here and i'm sort of new to the world of podcasting as you know uh, I definitely don't have the most refined uh, technique or uh, recording uh, equipment and so forth. And I just kind of decided to do it one day as a supplement to the blog uh, that so many of you read. And it's been really gratifying to see that it's had an impact. And a lot of you are consuming this stuff and giving us good information on what we should do next and, you know, agreeing, disagreeing, questioning some of the things that we talk about here. It's creating a lot of interaction. And I think that's really helped. Uh, cement more interest in what we do as a community and it just means a lot to us and thank you very much for that support and Of course, thank you to many of you who've come here for the first time and have actually bought some stuff from us as well. Um, We appreciate that. I know there's many places or or several places emerging online that you can purchase botanicals and stuff from. And I don't talk about it much on the podcast, but it is really appreciated when you decide to purchase your leaves, twigs, sticks, whatever you get from us. Um, We hope that this stuff gives you value. Obviously, we don't charge for it and no subscription here. It's just uh, information that I want to put out there for the community. And speaking of the community, um, you know, you've, you've brought up a lot of questions over the years uh, about botanicals, obviously, specifically. And some of them uh, we talk about are the environmental benefits and the nutritional benefits of botanicals. So today's topic sort of merges uh, the nutritional stuff with the functional aesthetic stuff we've been talking about before. We've been talking an awful lot about the environmental benefits of botanicals in our aquariums and how they impart this functional aesthetics into our systems. And I think that's not only become more accepted than a hobby, it's backed up by a lot of scientific field studies. What is also studied by science, but perhaps a little more esoteric in the hobby, in my humble opinion, is the use of botanicals as supplemental food for our fishes and shrimps. Now, it's known that most plant materials have some nutritional value, or rather, they contain nutrients, vitamins, etc., which are known to be beneficial to aquatic organisms. However, which ones are the best for use as supplemental foods? Uh, Are they all pretty good? Maybe? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) The thing that gets me curious is that most leaves and botanicals contain vitamins, amino acids, micronutrients, and, you know, other compounds like that. The real question I have is how available they are to our fishes and shrimp from a nutritional standpoint, and how nutrient-dense these leaves and botanicals are. Do our fishes and shrimp easily assimilate all they need in every bite, or do they have to eat tons of the stuff to derive any benefit from, from them? Big questions, right? I mean, we as hobbyists sort of figure that if these things are present in the botanicals, then our animals get a dose of them in every bite. And that begs the question, are they really directly consuming the stuff like casuarina cones or feeding on stuff on their surfaces? More on that a little later. And that's the part where I say, I don't know uh, specifically. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, However, is there definitive scientific information about that to prove this hypothesis that you know, botanicals have these substances that are beneficial to fishes and shrimp. Well, a lot of the botanicals for food thing in the hobby, really, it's a thing, comes from the world of shrimp keepers. They've been touting this stuff in the hobby for a long time. And a lot of it's based on the presence of materials like leaves and such in the wild habitats where shrimp are found. Now, I did some research online, you know, that internet thing might just catch on. And I learned that in the aquaculture of food shrimp, A tremendous variety of vegetables and fruits and so forth are used, and many offer good nutritional profiles for shrimp in terms of, you know, proteins, amino acids, etc. They're all pretty good. Um, Not long ago, our friend Rachel Larry did a nice uh, job touching on the benefits of botanicals for shrimp in her video, and that was kind of fun to see. But it begs the question again: so, which one is best? Is there one? Is there a single material or a single botanical material that's the best? Does it matter? In fact, other than sorting through like mind-numbing numbers, like you know 0.8664 parts per million of you know whatever on various amino acid concentrations and found in say you know mulberry leaves versus say sugar beets or whatever, there's not really huge differences that I can find making any one food superior to others. At least from my very cursory non-scientific hobby, you know, examinations. Now I can tell you, leaves like guava and mulberry, etc., all seem to be ravenously consumed by shrimp and even some fishes. It's known by scientific analysis that they do contain compounds like vitamin B1, B2, B6, and vitamin C, as well as, you know, carbohydrates, fiber, amino acids, and elements like magnesium, potassium, zinc, iron, calcium. All these are very important for many organisms, including, of course, shrimp. Guava leaves are also particularly good. And according to some of the materials I read, the bulk of the nutrients they contain are perhaps more readily available to animals than other leaves. That's kind of important, right? I think so. Now, it may just be coincidental that these much-loved, at least by shrimp, leaves happen to have such a good amount of nutritional availability, but it certainly doesn't hurt, right? You know, other leaves like jackfruit are also known to contain phytonutrients and lignans, isoflavins, and saponins that have health benefits that are wide-ranging for humans. There is some conflicting data regarding jackfruit's antifungal activity. However, the leaves are thought to exhibit a broad spectrum of antibacterial activity, In traditional folk medicine, these leaves have been used to help heal wounds as well. Now, do these properties transfer over to our fishes and shrimp? Honestly, I'm not aware of any scientific studies that have been been completed to correlate this in one way or another. That being said, uh, the fishes seem to flock to these leaves and graze on them and the biofilms which accumulate on their surface tissues. (laughs) The shrimp side of the hobby is fascinating to me. Um, reminds me a lot of the, the, the coral part of the reef keeping hobby where I spent considerable time both personally and professionally, you know, working and interacting with the community. There's some incredibly talented people out there. Many are doing amazing work and sharing their expertise and their experience with the hobby for everyone's benefit. It's really cool to see. Now, there's also a lot of people out in that part of the world, vendors specifically, who make some, and this is just my opinion, some, well, stretches about products and such, and what they can and and can't do, mostly what they can do, and why they're supposedly great for shrimp. I see this a lot in the food sector of that hobby, where manufacturers of various foods extol the virtues of different products and natural materials because they have certain nutritional attributes, like amino acids and vitamins and such, that are valuable to human nutrition, uh, nutrition, which is also known to be beneficial to shrimp in some manner. And that's fine, but here's where it gets a little bit anecdotal, or the way I call it, sketchy. You know, when I read the descriptions about stuff like leaves and stuff like that on vendors' websites which cater to these animals, making these really broad and expansive claims about their benefits, based simply on the fact that shrimp seem to eat them and that they contain substances and compounds known to be beneficial from a generic nutritional standpoint, you know, like in humans, it gets me thinking. I mean, it's all well-meaning, it's not intended to do harm to consumers, but occasionally I think we just make a bit of a stretch. I just wonder if we stretch and assert too much sometimes here in the hobby. Now, I'm not saying that it's bad to make inferences. We do it all the time with various topics, especially here, but we qualify them with stuff like, it could be possible that, or I wonder if, but I just can't stand it when an absolute assertion is made without any qualification specifically in this context just because this leaf has some compound which is part of a family of compounds that are thought to be useful to shrimp or that shrimp devour them you know the, the, the stretch is made that it's perfect food for them i think it's safer to say it's just a food one of many possibilities out there of course i hope i'm not adding to the confusion as well i try to hold us to a higher standard on this topic yet like so many things we talk about in the botanical world there's no absolutes here What is a fact is that some botanical and plant-derived materials, like seed pods, root vegetables, etc., do have different levels of elements like calcium and phosphorus and widely varying amounts of crude protein—stuff that's beneficial to shrimp, of course. These things are known by science, yet I have no idea what some of the seed pods we offer as botanicals contain in terms of proteins or amino acids and in what concentration. However, I suppose I could make one huge overgeneralization that seed pod, one seed pod and fruit capsule is probably roughly similar to others in terms of basic amino acid concentrations, vitamins, trace elements, etc. We can certainly assume, God, I hate that word, that some of this stuff known to have nutritional value can make these materials potentially useful as a supplemental food source for fishes and shrimp. Yet... In my humble opinion, here that's really the best we can do until more scientific, you know, rigid studies are conducted. Now we may not know which seed pods and such, in and of themselves, are more nutritional to fishes and shrimp than others, but we do know from simple observations that some are better at recruiting materials on their surfaces, which in turn serve as food sources for aquatic organisms. Yep, I'm talking about the biofilms and fungal growths, which make their appearance on our botanicals and leaves and wood after you know a few weeks underwater. Now, they're not only typically harmless in our aquariums, they're utilized as a supplemental food source by a huge variety of fishes and shrimps in both nature and in the aquarium. They're a rich source of sugars and other nutrients and could prove to be an interesting addition to a nursery tank for raising fry if kept under control. We talked about this before. You know, add a bunch of leaves and botanicals, let them do their thing, and then allow your fry to graze on them. Don't believe me? Ask almost any shrimp keeper. They'll tell you that... Biofilms are the greatest thing in the world. They sing the praises of biofilms, especially for this grazing aspect, which is kind of cool. And of course, it's not, you know, long been known from field studies that as leaves and other plant materials break down, they serve as a fuel for the growth of biofilm, fungi, and microorganisms. We have talked about that here before many times. And these in turn provide supplemental food for our fishes. I've seen videos of, you know, shrimps and fishes in the wild grazing over fields of decomposing leaves and the biofilms that they foster. Yeah, biofilms. Here we go again. A little refresher for you again. Biofilms form when bacteria adhere to surfaces in some form of a watery environment, and they begin to excrete this slimy glue-like substance consisting of sugars and other things that can stick to all sorts of materials, such as, well, in our case, botanicals. And biofilms and decomposing leaves are pretty much the foundation for the food webs in rivers and streams throughout the world. They are fundamentally important to aquatic life. And biofilm starts with a few bacteria, taking advantage of the, you know, abundant and rather comfy surface that leaves and seed pods and even driftwood offers. These early adopters sort of put out the welcome app for their other bacteria buddies by providing a more diverse uh, adhesion site like a matrix of sugars that holds this whole thing together. And some bacteria species are incapable of attaching to a surface on their own, so they're grateful and they often anchor themselves to this matrix or directly to their buddies who arrived at the party first. Kind of sounds like Facebook, right? Yeah. And we know from years of personal experience and observation in the aquarium that fishes and shrimp will consume you know, the biofilms directly, removing them from virtually any surface that they form on. And some materials are likely better than others at recruiting and accumulating biofilm growth. The biofilm friendly botanical items seem to fall into, you know, several distinct categories. You know, botanicals with hard, relatively impermeable surfaces, those with softer, more ephemeral uh, makeup that break down easily, and those that are hard-skinned with soft interiors. Okay, wait, that's pretty much everything, right? Yeah, it is. So what it tells me the overcaffeinated, perhaps somewhat undereducated armchair scientist wannabe is that most of the botanicals we offer here are likely have some capability of recruiting biofilms and the idea of biofilm and you know the accompanying sugars and such being an excellent supplemental food source for shrimp and fishes is not that revolutionary it's something that we're finally getting around to agreeing about with our little friends the fishes and of course with the shrimp people too nothing is wasted in nature right so to you my fishy friends i say let them eat botanicals well at least as part of their diet, anyway. Oh, and the materials which accumulate on their surfaces too. So let's try not to make too many assumptions or buy too heavily into, you know, vendors, marketing hyperbole, even mine, I suppose. At the very least, not without doing some of our own research and field work. As hobbyists, let's continue to experiment, let's continue to observe, learn from, and share our experiences and observations with others. We all win from that. In fact, that's likely the one absolute assertion I will make. So stay curious, stay disciplined, stay objective, stay experimental, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thank you very much for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.